Broadcasting Network. Okay, welcome, podcasters. We're in our second week of our new year. Um, and today, we're going to do a couple of shows. Um, and we're going to cover a, a very a giant in jazz, Count Basie. And uh, in fact, this first song will be Basie's Blues. Um, this is, these are not originals. Um, it's just in the style of um, of, uh, of Count Basie, who, was a, who emphasized real rhythm. So you're going to hear some pulsating, powerful rhythms as we go along. Um, and here, so here's our first song, Count, Count Basie from Kansas City. Welcome to Life Lessons with Jim Carolla and Ray Oldhofer. Okay, welcome podcasters, uh, our second show into the new year, into the new season, where we're going to begin to look at what's the direction we can go um, for the higher development, development beyond just um, our first nature, which is the psychosexual development, as far as that goes, and continue on to try to understand a little bit about our second nature. And last week, just to do a little quick review, we went in, we were talking about childhood strategies. Um, childhood, childhood strategies is an important thing to understand. That as we, from the newborn up to the infant and so on, the very early stages, um, the young child was uh, making uh, adjustments according to what was going on, whether it's held right, fed right, 
attitudes right towards it. And, and these strategies were at the sensational level, sensorial level. They weren't at the thoughtful level. But as, as it went up the ladder, um, cognition kicked in, and these childhood strategies took a cognitive form. And from that, attitudes formed. So we're starting to look at the conditioned personality, how in this chain of events that led up to different kinds of things, and most of all, um, identities and different kinds of eyes, selves inside us. So the work on personality structure itself, for example, just looking at personality structure, just having an inner eye to begin to see our habits and um, compulsions and so on, something begins to lighten up a little bit, even just by looking at it. And, um, and, uh, and when that happens, then a kind of a possible um, larger intelligence could form that's already inside us um, so we can begin to now go forward um, and the peripheral stuff along the edges of our personalities uh, begin to slightly fall away. So just a looking at it, which means psychotherapy really in the, in the real essence of it. Um, even if we begin to see a little more just through reading or different kinds of insights, psychotherapy... Um, particularly the beginning of conventional psychotherapy, which is a psychotherapy that's wonderful, but they just will go to a certain level. Uh, they're limited. They're not going up to... Uh, they're not, their goal is not higher consciousness. They want to resolve the problems, and they want to, they want to resolve symptoms, psychological symptoms. So this is really the second part... Um, the first part can handle psychotherapy that can handle conventional psychotherapy that can handle some of the problems and getting to know person getting to know themselves better. But the second part requires a different kind of education. So let's let's begin to see the difference between um, uh, those. So first part, conventional therapy, psychotherapy, resolution of of uh, symptoms, or can maybe heal uh, interpersonal relationships, and so on. So it's very, it's a wonderful start. But the education of the soul, of the essential self, is different from the education of personality or the intellect. Conventional education and conventional stuff is acquiring external knowledge and becoming. Uh, something in the outer world. So first therapy and first and conventional uh, therapy and, um, uh, and, 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 and living in conventional society with an education is really f for external, um, the outer world, a success. But the education of soul involves not only knowledge, but the realization of a presence that is deeper, our deeper, deeper nature, and that includes attention, will, and the potential for dimension for self-transcendence. So, what is the most characteristically human 
is not guaranteed by our species. This is that we are born a species, human beings, so therefore we're going to make higher uh, consciousness. No, it doesn't happen that way. We could stay in first nature and never touch anything other than that. So we have a potential, just a potential, no guarantees, just a potential for uh, spiritual growth, uh, higher consciousness, enlightenment, all different ways of saying it. Just a potential. But that potential now needs consciousness and work. Otherwise, we will stay with the first nature, its education, and its, its uh, training us for external life. So to see that that's actually two different things. First one we need, born of parents, get through all that development, have to be develop skills and professions and marriage and so on. But there's also something we'll call an essential self. It's a different kind of intelligence. It's a deeper self. Um, and that's the one we're concerned with, beginning to see if we could use. So that which is most sacred in us and which is deeper than our individual personality is what we're searching for. Can, All right, you, can you give like a metaphor for the... I mean, can you give like a story? A story for the essential self? Like, the, yeah, the first nature. I mean, the first nature, I think we all have one, but the second nature. Um, it's hard to put into words what the second nature it really is. It's said in many different ways. It's said in all traditions of the world particularly in the East, um, with Buddhism and Zen, Vaspiana, the Hindu, and so forth. They have a really a way of uh, going deep inside um, through uh, coming up against the characteristics of personality. And that's mostly meditation, but also work on the appetites and um, so uh, kind of what's surrounding us, I almost have a, have a picture, this picture like a circle, like a, and then that can, in that circle, concentric um, uh, circles within it. So the wall, the outside, like a tire, if you can picture that, is the body. And now that as you go deeper towards the center, the spokes of the tire, what we'll call uh, higher consciousness or God, that part. We have to go through levels to mm -hmm. get there. Um, and the, when the first few levels can be done at the, at, one, at, the, at the nature we're in, as we said, through psychotherapy and education. But as we get closer to the final circle, there's where we run out of words because we are limited by our intellectual capacities to see that. It's more than what we could ever call it. Whatever names we would give it within the consensual circles, even if we move up and begin to get free of all those um, educational, not educational, but uh, strategies of early childhood, the more we can get through that, the freer we become. And as we become freer, impressions from the 
inner circle begin to come down and different forms of... Um, and, the, and the way to... Uh, so that's why whatever that's coming down can't be seen by uh, the intellectual capacity because that, that's all geared for the first nature. So that's why it's hard. That's why traditions and others will say that it's really hard to, to say. Because what you'll do is take that and you'll just add it to your own yeah, first stall. nature. Yeah. You'll just, yeah. That's all you'll do. So you actually need experiences in this second part, which means now you need to go, uh, you have to be in a community, you have to be in a tradition, you have to be something where there's cons- constant practices that are going um, step by step, adding more and more to it um, so that um, you're getting freer and freer if you're able to do it. But you're going to have tremendous power, tremendous uh, difficulty with uh, the f- what we're going to call the false self, a self that has formed. This self has formed. Let's say a little bit about that self. As children, our feelings were often too overwhelmed for often too overwhelming for this fledgling nervous system. So we have this nervous system that's just forming. It's very uh, sensitive. It has no language. It's a fledgling. It's easy to overwhelm. Um, And according to how it's treated, um, um, it will begin to uh, develop different kinds of uh, ways of warding off so you can think of uh, of the baby. Now I can't I can't understand what's going on in the family, but it can begin to wrench in its own body. It can begin to push away, um, sometimes even push away the breath or food, um, because something's instinctively saying it's threatening its instability. So that that's the beginning. This fledgling nervous system has to begin to deal with all that. Now, one way it deals with it, it contracts. It goes inside because it's overwhelmed and it doesn't have um, the nerve endings and the capacities to deal with it. So it contracts. I did a whole teaching on contractions a long time ago. Um, It contracts our body and our mind. So the body contracts, starts to go inside, after it usually rages at the beginning, it um, fights. Um, but later on, a more depressive period could come. And it contracts in our body and our mind. So you're saying it'll, it'll, it'll be peat and repeat, and then you'll, you'll develop something of the first nature out of sheer defense. Yeah, you'll form characteristics and personalities and structures, and that will be who we are. And that's all, if we are just stop at that point and never question anything else, that's, that's all we know to be. So these other things are like circuit breakers. They're overwhelmed. The baby's pushing away or going in or something. Um, and because of this over, overwhelming, um, these circuit breakers could stop, could avoid, could hide. The baby... The baby needs places to hide. 
though it can't struck a, a linguistic uh, a picture of it yet. But contract, go inside. Symptoms can come from that very easy. And that affects attitudes. And um, uh, The face could squinch up. Baby's faces change it. And they become hardened. Um, all those things are, possibil- are possibilities in growing us. Um, so our psychological distress begins. It's composed of three particular elements. In other words, the baby's going into a distress mode. The basic pain of feeling of being overwhelmed. And we can stop right there, just on that first one. When an animal, a creature, a being, a baby is overwhelmed, um, it's painful. It's at the survival level. Now, from that, as we particularly go up, we develop realizations, not realizations, but rationalizations when language kicks in. And we develop stories, begin <laughs> to tell about it. We all know about that one. Defenses to justify our denial and being overwhelmed. Defenses that will justify this, this uh, distress that's coming. Eventually comes into a story. And we're getting locked into a false self now. Uh, And that's who we are. We create this false self. It feels real because it's the only thing we know. But it's going to take a while as we begin to look at this false self. And again, psychotherapy could be a help, a special situation, especially the way people care about us. I remember my... and. um, and myself, uh, Mrs. Spangler, remember that name, um, 70 years ago, uh, in elementary school, a place I was really afraid of. Um, she took an interest in me and began to care about me in a way that was, um, was the first time I've, I think I've ever experienced. I remembered her name till today. Can you imagine the impression she had on me? And um, she made me a safety, and now I couldn't believe it. I would wear this white thing. She said, no, you could do it. You could be a safety. Um, so, so that was a person that came along. And um, we might know them in our own life. So for Ray and Gary, somebody that came along that was special to you. Hmm. Who was your Mrs. Spangler? And podcast people, how about you? Somebody come along and and treat you in a special way. Mine was also a teacher. Um, third grade, I think. Mm. Mrs. Lynn. Ah. And, uh, yeah, she mm. was very supportive. And then... Um, Right at the end of my year in her class, she she's about five foot one Asian lady, and mm-hmm. she quit to become an LAPD officer in Compton, uh, uh-huh. which I thought was pretty awesome. Yeah, and uh, she's always kind of stuck with me as positive influence. Jim, can I ask, is a safety like a hall monitor, or were you playing yeah. for the Bengals? <laughs> Both. <laughs> <laughs> He got assigned to a street corner. 
because the kids would have to cross the streets, and years of safety had to watch them go across the streets. <laughs> safety. I, I should have been a safety in a football. You're right. <laughs> um, and then will you wear a white something? Well, did you wear a white sash? No, mm-hmm. it was a back a belt and I had a badge. Oh, that was my first badge. Yeah. Okay, Ray. I think mine was probably, well, I had a few, but I was always in search of a father figure because um, mine wasn't too good. So like Will Davis. Will Davis, yeah. yeah the boat builder. Oh. So he would be one. He'd be pretty big. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a big one for Ray, this Davis, uh, an important person that came along. Now, strategies. Now, we talked about childhood strategies and what they became as we went through development. I'm thinking of one. Uh, I had all kinds because I had time to spend alone to think about how I was going to get through the next day at school. Uh, I had one. Um, that the the junior high school I went to was particularly like a um, a ghetto. um, I can't forget what they call that. Anyway, um, it was really a difficult school. It was made up just about three quarters black and one quarter Italians and right at the border of both of the neighborhoods. So it it was a school that and from the Italian world, um, it was like that was your rites of passage, that you had to survive through, through Barrett Junior High School. <laughs> How'd you fare? Uh, not, not great, but I, I developed strategies for it. One was, I think I've mentioned it before, there was a little street right, right close to the opening door of getting in. I could never go to the schoolyard, that's totally suicide to go to the schoolyard and stand around. Um, so I would sneak from one car to the next car in this little street, safe, go to the next car, getting closer to that doorway, waiting for the bell to ring. It seemed like it was an eternity before the bell rang. I had it all timed. You see, all my strategies were for that. Not to learn. I didn't care about... Uh, I didn't care about it. I, was, I couldn't learn. I was too afraid. It was all strategies. Of, uh, so when the bell would go off and I'd be like the fourth car back, I would make this mad dash of about 50 yards that I had to get in that front door before any of, the, any of those guys would spot me and go after me. So I made this mad dive to this door, which was like a side door. It wasn't the main entrance. From the schoolyard, I found that that's another of my strategies. I found a door that I can get into that was open, and um, and rushed, and I had fly, five flights of steps to get to the fifth floor, and I tripled and doubled, and that was my exercise, <laughs> warming <laughs> that up. That was your phys ed. That was my phys ed class <laughs> till I get into that room and have some safety in that room. Now, as far as learning, you can imagine almost I was anxious and worried. Were you sitting in the back? I mean, were you front and center? Did oh, you I just, were. you know, did you just meld in the class? Yeah, I wasn't. 
And that Baron High was a small class. I don't know, maybe it even was a special class. I didn't know. But you didn't even know what class you were in. Like you didn't well, know if you were in geometry or whatever. <laughs> geometry. Oh my I mean, God. whatever class you might have had. Um, was there just one, by the way, like one room, or did you have no, you know, you know separate periods and different classes? There and, were, yeah, there were. I think I had a homeroom um, and a couple of classes. No, in fact, I think I might have stayed in the homeroom because it was a special, and that was another one of my strategies. To and get I away thought, from everybody. Yeah. To stay in one room and not travel the hallways. Wow. Corolla used the old bean on that one. Now, these are strategies, and there were more. But anyway, can you guys think of what strategy? Did I, what, did I, what was I thinking of? What was I doing? What was I planning? Hmm. Podcasters, what were you planning? Strategies. How to play more, you know? That was our thing. How to play more? Oh, yeah. Like stay out till, especially when summertime would you know, happen uh -huh. and you'd play whatever sport was going on until dark 30. Oh. Uh -huh. Just to stay out. Yeah. A bunch of us had that one. Yeah. So any personal strategies that I had to figure out? And I'm not told mine was for survival, but yours are... I have to. I have not been that, uh, but strategies that you figured out for your own safety, your own comfort. Did you ever? Did you ever get? Um, I mean, you say your strategy was for survival. Were, was there a reason why? I mean, were you beaten or something? No, I managed. No, I don't. I was. I was caught a couple times, but I was lucky. Um, no, I was never really beaten. Uh, the fear of it was enough. Um, and was the fear based, like, from the the home, though? Yeah. Um, it was based, I think, from, from the neighborhood. Um, my lack of any feeling that I could defend myself, trust myself. So that that, that was the, the basic. That was the best, that I couldn't handle myself. I could figure out strategies, but I couldn't to get around, but fight. Not, right. I couldn't fight the bullies. Or it's go kind of ironic that your um, son is a really good boxer. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, it, is, it is funny how that kind of fits in there. Did you ever, did you ever like want to participate in sport and, and that kind of stuff, or that just wasn't your thing? Uh, no, I, um, no, I didn't part participate in sports. Uh, I guess some of the school things, throw the ball or something. <laughs> uh, <laughs> throw the ball. <laughs> Speaking of throwing, Jim, let's let's throw to throw to our sponsor. Okay, let's have our sponsor. Hey, you guys, this is Ray with Life Lessons with Jim Carolla, and this is a plea because business is business, and our business isn't doing so well. So please help us out. You got that? And I'm not kidding. Help us out. So go to Life Lessons website and click through the Amazon banner and help us. Come on. Now that's a plea, and it's a good one. Do so. Thanks. Okay, throw, throw the ball. The ball. <laughs> I got to get that in my hand or whisk it away. I'm, I had a curveball and catch. 
I have both. Curveball, throw ball, hide, and catch. Mostly hide. Okay. I, I can get to second base. I try. No. Can you hide at second? No, you can't hide at second base. Now, what about when there was lunch or recess, when you had to go oh, mingle? Did oh. you, did you, what'd you do? Well, I... I mean, that's when I would, you know, where we would, you know, have food fights or whatever we would have, you know, that kind of thing in the quad. Wait a second. Did you guys really have food fights? I thought that only happened in movies. No, man. We had, we had some great food fights. Between you and Chris and Adam and two other idiots or between your whole school well no we instigated it but they the whole school was a victim of it i mean they, <laughs> they, you know they you if you had pudding across your chest it wasn't a good day was it <laughs> <laughs> write that down uh, so that you know we would do that kind of thing what did you do i mean were, were you the kid in the corner just hanging out under the tree with a book no oh, with a book they would have killed me if they saw a book <laughs> um no, well, that was a danger. You know, I knew that's a dangerous time. Um, I I went to parts of the yard. Um, I guess I tried to seek out some kind of ally. Um, Did you just want to be like sequestered, like secluded? Well, I I'm, uh, it was a safety thing. I was afraid, so I had to find ways. Yeah, you know, now I'm thinking about it so many years later. But I think I'm I'm I might have made a friend. Um, um, for protection, um, I, and I would be able to. I wanted to. Stra- I became funny, of course. Uh, used humor uh, to have an ally. I remember there was one guy Hilliard. <laughs> remember the same name too. He 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 was a black guy, and he had he had pull, and I don't I don't think he was a gang member, but he was tough. And I sat next to him in a class, and I made him laugh. Um, and he thought that was, he said, white boy, make laugh. White boy, make laugh. And so he like, kind of guarded me a little bit. So when, when I went out on the yard, I kind of stayed around him. And these other guys looked and knew. They got the picture that I was staying near Hill, Hilliard, um, making him laugh, um, and I got my safety. So I, that's another strategy thing. Another I strategy, find yeah. a way to do it. But it didn't always work, of course. And I, I had some troubles with that. But I would you know, find out. If, I forget if there was a teacher on the yard. If there was, I might stand around the teacher. Yeah, uh, Things like that. So finding a way, not getting in the middle of the, the rough stuff at all. Yeah, a, lot of, a lot of conning in my youth. That's the word. A lot of that. Conning. Conning? Why? I think, I, I think there's 182 school teaching days in in the regular year, at least the way it was when set up when we went. And um, I was absent 111 mm. and still graduated. Mm-hmm. That's just a straight con. Wow. Think of that, folks. That was my senior year. My senior year. You know, and then everybody's going to college. What, what are you doing? I had 110 absences. What do you mean, what am I doing? You know, it's just incredible when you think back on it. Yeah, unbelievable. Um, so Ray and I were kind of on the same road. His, his wasn't so much the scary part. 
he uh, I think he was he was able to handle himself. But as far as school, using school, um, I remember that uh, where and um, I then I went to a uh, Bach, the famous Bach Tech, uh, to learn a trade. Um, but the only class I would go to uh, was had a music class and even a band. So that's where I found my beginnings because I was learning to play the trumpet and so on. Um, but relative to what Ray said, one day, after I don't know how long I was there, I was on the ele- was an eleva- elevator, and this Mr. Euclid, I remember his name, and he looked at me and he said, uh, you look, you go to the school? <laughs> I said, yeah. I got he said, what, what's your name? Uh-oh. My name. Uh... Umperdink J. Klusmeyer. Ah, oh, no, you're not. You're the guy we've been looking. Umperdink, your ass. You're no Umperdink at all. Come down to the office. So they found me, Mr. Euclid, this little mousy guy. I still remember him. Um, and he says, oh, and this is a, here's something I think is unbelievable that happened to me. When they realized I was there and never went anywhere, and a new administration come, like, so they politically had a kind of cover basis. And I remember sitting down with this guy, and we went through the first three years of <laughs> curriculum. He'd say, all right, you know, you've never been in these classes. Okay, how are you at math or something? I'd say, uh, oh, I know the four tables. Okay, C in math. <laughs> and then he went through like, oh, I don't know, how many courses did you ever have? So they just swept you under the rug? Just, <laughs> made up all things. I said, now we got it all out. You're ready for a high school graduation. Here's your cap and, and gown, son. Run along. Right. And get out of here. And that was it. I don't know. I never, I, I, holy God, how did that happen? So I actually had something called a high school diploma. It was all faked and conned and all in the world of politics and people realizing they're going to be, they didn't do their job and all that kind of stuff didn't keep roles and so on. Um, so that later on in life, when I met Dr. Martin, who was a next-door neighbor, and, and when I was got off of a band in, in California, was, I stayed with an aunt, and this guy, Dr. Martin, lived next door, and he, went to, he was a coordinator of UCLA, of, um, of Santa Monica. Um, and he talked about it. He said, boy, he said, you, you ought to go to school or something. Oh, I said, I can't tell you about school. And he said, well, tell me, where did you go? And he got, got some information. And he wrote to them and got back. And they called me. <laughs> One day he came in and said, look, I've got your records. <laughs> he said, you're a high school graduate. You can start college. And if I told him that I never even went to fourth grade, I mean, in other words, I started with nothing. But academically or politically, that I looked like I was a um, high school graduate, knowing nothing at all. How did that bode when you you went to Santa? How old were you when you went to college? Then, <clears throat> okay, so I was on the road. So let's see, maybe I'm nineteen. But don't they have a placement t- test? Did you have to take no, some not, kind of? Not, no, no, there's no in junior college. You know, Santa Monica was like a high, you know. And it was a community college, so people can go. And no, they didn't give any entrance tests or anything. They had their records in front of them to prove. 
I was that. And um, Doctor Corolla. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, but all I wanted was my school picture on the card identifying me as a college person to go home and show everybody that Junior, crazy Junior, the gas boy, <laughs> he went to college, and this can prove it. See my picture? That's another strategy. Yeah, too. <laughs> another strategy. Yeah. Here's my picture. You can't say it wasn't me. You know, you can't fool, fool with those. This is the real thing. Um, and then when I got, I had to get through a few months. I got there. They gave me a couple of um, um, music courses, uh, some fledgling English, which I couldn't even have any idea about. Or then I just split. I went back home, and I told everybody with my nice new thing now. Junior went to college. Junior went to college. What are you doing? Go, yeah, college. In psychology. <laughs> and they began to hide their eyes from me because they thought I could read their minds. <laughs> <laughs> so on went the con, on went the insane world. Uh, oh, I can see our time. Anyway, we're, we're, let's, uh, coming to the end today, well, we kind of went off on different things today, but um, when we went off in our strategies, our... Um, Childhood strategies. And, and folks, you can begin to think about, what did you do? How was that for you? Did you do any conning? Like Ray and I did a lot of conning to get by. Hopefully you didn't do that. Uh, or had any food fights while you were at it. But um, uh, how about that? And uh, think of your own strategies of childhood. And realize that... We have many miscarriages along the way and develop. We went down wrong roads and attitudes and habits and, and um, so on. And we developed a false self. So next week when we pick it up, we're going to go deeper into this false self and look more at these strategies and what they were in life. So we'll end our first, um, our first one and... Um, and um, let us know you're here because we're um, we're going to try to sequentially go through things. And I'm going to uh, our next. I'm going to give out more practices, so where you can go down the road with us, uh, so beginning to take a look to see more of who we are and practices that can help us see ourselves. Okay, folks. So we'll see you next week. Bye. Two. One, two, three. Reach the show on Twitter at LLWJC or email us at Jim Carolla at AdamCarolla.com.
You're listening to the Ace Broadcasting Network.